Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on our podcast. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners? We say it every week, and I'll say it again, that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant? Hey, let's bow our heads and let's um, everybody take a deep breath. I feel like we all need to take a deep breath. Just let it in and let it out, like a little Lamaze class. While we, I'm sorry, I'm in pregnancy mode. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> just practice our breathing this morning. Let's get into the pregnancy season. No, really, I, I want to declare peace over every person in here. On my way here, I was just sensing like there's many of you that have just been dealing with a lack of peace. How many of you know this is supposed to be a season of peace? And so, Father, we just right now declare your peace over every person here, and we open up our hearts, and we open up our ears. We thank you, Lord, that this isn't just words on a page. Your scripture is alive, and it's, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It, it penetrates, and Father, it can change hearts and change us, and we invite you to change us. We don't want to leave here the same. We want to leave here different. We need that. We need to be encouraged and hopeful and convicted of things we need to be convicted of, and we repentance isn't a bad word. We, those things you show us that we need to lay down and maybe make a change, Father, we're willing to do that this morning. We open our hearts to you, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak and that you would convict, that you would stir up and encourage this morning. I, I just declare encouragement over every person, Father, that we would leave here full of hope and full of joy in Jesus' name. Comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, would you shout amen? I can't help the musician in me. I try, but it, it happens. Today's message is called, Do You See What I See? And it is a Christmas song, Do You See What I See? I was actually, I left to get coffee and uh, the, the Grinch song was on and I was laughing at that. I, I never actually listened to the words until just now and they're pretty funny. Um, but I want you, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Mark Chapter 1, we're going to read verse 40 to 41, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Do you see what I see is the message title. And Mark chapter 1, verse 40, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was indignant, filled with compassion. That's what that means when it says indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. He said, be clean. This verse really grabbed Jesus. It really bothered Jesus. There was a question about his willingness. It, it was disturbing to him that that was even a question. That's why it says Jesus was indignant. It, it bothered Jesus so much and it drew him to compassion. You guys see where I'm going here? Do you see what I see? He saw it and it, it, it drew him to compassion. In this busy holiday season, I want to ask us all a question in this room. I'm, I'm preaching to me as it, as it pertains to the needs of others. I want to ask you, are you willing? I know you can, but are you willing to press pause and reach the needs of others? Uh, there are people everywhere. And in this season of economic hardship, and man is the squeeze on, I'm hearing it from a lot of people. 
that are walking through the economic hardship, which is why I encourage you to get out of the world's economy, get in God's economy, and let's just hit the reset button and focus on kingdom. The things that matter, what's beyond this momentary light affliction that we are all dealing with. Am I truly the hands and feet of Jesus? And I was asking myself this week. In fact, I was talking to someone on the phone that is close with me. I said, I'm catching myself just a little scratchy, a little intolerant, and I don't like this. This is not who I am. This is not the hands and feet of Jesus. This is not the character of Jesus. And I I caught myself in the middle of this holiday season, this season of giving, this season of cheer, not being so cheery because of situations that were around me. How many of you know the joy of the Lord is not situation-based? Happiness is situation-based. The joy of the Lord goes beyond whatever circumstance I'm walking through. Are you grateful for that? And I need the joy of the Lord to be my strength, not my happiness to be my strength, because that'll come and go. It's like a bad mood. Uh, You never know when that's going to happen. My prayer today is that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and are filled with compassion and drawn to really embrace the heart of God. In Matthew 9, we'll read verse 35 and 36. Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. I love that, that where Jesus went, problems were solved. How many of you know that where we go, problems should be solved because we carry Jesus? Yeah, we're not supposed to be problem causers. We're supposed to be problem solvers. And I want to encourage you. I'm not rebuking you. I'm encouraging you this morning with this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. That's a key line. When he saw, he had compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus saw the need and then he was drawn to compassion. I got a call this week at the church. Somebody left a message, and it was clear to me. We get a lot of calls for benevolence, a lot of calls asking for money, and uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, things that come. People are just there, especially in this economy, which is why I'm very, very, very aware of what's going on right now. This gentleman said, I, I, I've got to pay rent. I could tell it was actually legit. You can, a lot of times you can tell when somebody's, you know, faking it and when they're not faking it. And I could tell this guy was broken. And he said, does your church, uh, does your church give, you know, pay rent and all this? And we're having this conversation and I'm pointing him in, in directions where he can get help and trying to help him. And, and I said, can I just pray with you? And he busts out crying on the phone and it grabbed me and I'm trying to not cry as I'm telling you the story. He said, I've called churches all around Charlotte and nobody has stopped to pray with me. Nobody's listened to me. It's been a hung up call every time. And that's from churches. And my heart was grieved because that's not the heart of Jesus. We've got to start to really check ourselves because the fruit of the spirit is important that we demonstrate this character of God and this character of Christ And no matter what stresses are coming against us, you know, when you have a need, the greatest thing you can do is minister to somebody because you reap what you sow. So when you sow and you're in the middle of a need, you'll find that your need ends up getting met. And I promise you it works. But in our busy schedules, it can cause us sometimes to just not see things. It can cause blindness, just our day-to-day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm just hearing the Lord saying to me, share with the church. I just want them to hit pause and remember why they're here. 
to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, so that we can ultimately make a difference. The Great Commission, going into all the world, and not just preach the gospel, but for God's sake, and I literally mean that, demonstrate his character and his love. If you remember in chapter 4 of, of John, when Jesus encountered the woman at the well, he was by himself because of the disciples. They went out to run an errand. And in, in that time, the men, men didn't talk to women. They, they viewed themselves as above women. And, and, and Jews certainly did not talk to Samaritans. If you remember that in the Bible, we've talked about this here. So Jesus, he broke through that. Jesus, he, he, he started engaging with this woman, and, and he broke through two things. He broke through racial barriers, and he broke through gender barriers, and that's why I love Jesus. I love that about Jesus. He didn't care. He, Jesus was not bound by religion. He did what he knew was right, and he was drawn by compassion, and I love that about him. If you remember, Jesus, he, he asked this woman, he said, would you, would you draw me some water? And, and he, he said to her, he said, if, if you drink of the water that I have, you'll never thirst again. And he wasn't talking about physical water. He was referring to a change that he knew he could make in her life. And then Jesus goes on and has some conversation with her. And he asks, hey, hey, are you married? And she says, no. And he says, that's right. You've been married five times and you're shacking up with a dude right now. And I want to point this out about Jesus' motivation. It wasn't to call her out. His motivation was to demonstrate the knowledge that he had and who he was yeah. in that moment. And it, and it really grabbed her. Yeah. At this moment, she realizes that Jesus, this Messiah, as she refers to him, that he just read her mail. Mm -hmm. So there was something prophetic about Jesus. I want to encourage you for those that say, do you believe that we're supposed to be a prophetic people? I believe we're supposed to be like Jesus and Jesus is prophetic. So the answer is yes, because I believe that Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so is his power. So I do believe that the Lord can show us things that we need to share with people. Sometimes it's for the purpose of prayer, but sometimes it's that we're supposed to act on this and Jesus acted on this. And in this moment, she realizes who he is. And so check this out, though. The disciples, the, 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 they, were, they had a little bit of a religious thing going on here. They, they come back, and they see Jesus talking to this woman. And in John chapter 4, verses 27 to 35, just check this out. I love this. This is revelatory. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. <laughs> Not, you notice it doesn't say with the woman. It says with a woman. In other words, like, why are you talking to her? We're, we're above these, these people. And I want to cause us to pause right here. Are we looking at anyone that we're above them? Because, man, if we are, we've got a spirit of pride, and we need to get rid of that. That's not good. That's not the church. That's not the hands of, that's not the heart of Jesus. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. She's actually like not ashamed to say this. And she says, could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. <laughs> Let me explain to you what's going on here in scripture. So we've got crowds that are coming to meet with Jesus because this lady's like, I, 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 this, could this be the Messiah? And his disciples come back and they're concerned about food. They're like, hey, you want to go to P.F. Chang's? No, seriously, that's what's going on here. I'm just trying to break this down for you. Check this out. But he, but he said to them, this is Jesus, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. 
Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Like, in other words, like, did you already eat? <laughs> like, did you already go to P.F. Chang's while we were gone? They're still hung up on food. And he's like, guys, 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 let me reel this in. I'm trying to bring this on down. He says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. And I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And I want to say this to you. Look at the field. It's ripe for harvest, Hope Covenant. Go to Starbucks. It's ripe for harvest. There's something that started happening at my dry cleaners and at Starbucks. When I walk in to the dry cleaners, they go, hey, pastor. They know what I do, not because I ever shared that with them. I started engaging with, with them in relationship, and I love the dry cleaners because I don't like to do my own laundry. That's a side note. That was free. And when I walked in, they were like, they, 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 you know, hey, pastor. And, and, and now they're, they're starting to ask me for prayer for things. This, this woman that, that manages the register, she said, hey, can you pray for me? So-and-so is sick. And I'm starting to see something. It's not that I love being called pastor when I walk in there. I love that they see that Jesus can meet a need through me. Yes. Not me. I can't meet the need. But I can pray with them, and through me, the power of Jesus can work and operate, and they believe that Jesus is real. Yes. She says to me every week, I'll see you at church on Sunday. I can't wait. She's going to walk through this door one day. I'm going to make such a huge deal about it. But man, we've got to see the need. We've got to see the need. We've got to pause. And Jesus is trying to talk to the disciples about this. Jesus is telling the disciples, I just wish you would see what I see. That's what he's saying to them while they're obsessing about going to P.F. Chang's. I just wish you'd see what I see. We don't feel responsible for what we don't see. We don't feel responsible for what we don't see. We will never reach what we cannot see. We'll never do it. So we've got to ask God to open our eyes and show us the need. I want to help you see a bit more clearly and take you on a short journey. And I'm going to show you a couple of statements. And we're going to get more into this in January because we're going to talk about vision. But I want to wrap up the year and let you know where we're going. And I'm going to speak it out. All right? Is that all right? And I want you to get excited. The first statement that I want to make, our vision here at Hope Covenant Church is this. I see a church so attractive and so refreshing that the building struggles to contain the increase. Can we give God a shout of praise on that like that? I, I want to see this thing explode because we're so the hands and feet of Jesus. We're so drawing people into a place where the power of God operates. I see a church where people have a relationship with God instead of religion. We're living for God is no longer an obligation. It's a heartfelt desire. Yes. I see a church where people are continually taking steps in their spiritual journey with the goal of reaching new heights in every part of their lives. I see a church full of people who are growing in God and discovering that God wants to use them to make a difference where every person is experiencing the kind of fulfillment that only God can give. I see a church where God uses ordinary people serving the people of our cities so that they would in turn open their hearts to God. I see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. 
That's for every person. No matter what they look like, no matter what they smell like. The church that I see is a church so committed to raising, training, and empowering a leadership generation of young people, church planters, and I want to send out pastors who will go from this place and change the whole world. I'm not trying to build an exclusive culture. We want to be a sending church. I see a church who never stops searching for lost people because God never stops searching for us. I see a people so kingdom-minded they will count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival sweep this land. The church that I see realizes that none of this can happen in their own ability. Instead, they are a church that is committed to prayer and dependent on Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit alone. I see a church where Jesus is famous and all glory goes right to God, not to a man. I want to say this. I am not building this church on me. I am not building this church on my personality. This is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's a good time to put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. I want you to listen to this statistic. Christian philanthropy accounted for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022 at $300 billion that we're given. Guys, can we give the church, again, I want, I want to excite you with that. That's an amazing testimony, testament to the church. Christians outgave the U.S. government in addressing global poverty. This is according to Barna statistics. So we've got things to praise about. I, you can't tell me revival isn't sweeping this land. You can't tell me there's not the, a move of God that you can't hear the rumbling of. You can't tell me that. And our vision here at Hope Covenant Church, why am I saying all this? It's, it's not about this organization. When I talk about church, I'm talking about us. It's people and not a building. It's not an organization. It's us people. And we have a heart for foster care, for adoption, for missions, both foreign and local. In order, I like to say local and foreign, because we, hey, listen, if, if we're reaching overseas and we're not touching the neighborhood next door, we're not doing something right. And I want y'all to just gear up this year because we are going to branch out in outreach big time. This church this year, we've been focusing this year in 2022 on getting the building finished and getting all these projects done and assembling the worship team and band. I love you guys. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing job and we're experiencing the presence of the Lord, but we're not trying to build an exclusive culture here that's just comfortable. I want to, I say this all the time, we're here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I want to make you just a little provoked to stay step out of these four walls and tell somebody about Jesus. And we're going to do that this year. We're going to see that activated. There are 22 million college students in America. 22 million. Only 4% of the 22 million college students actually profess Jesus. 4%. So one of the things that we're going to be doing in 2023 is we're going to be launching college ministry with the goal of UNCC. We're going to do that. We have got to get on the campus. The campus ain't coming here. They don't even know we're here. We've got to disturb UNCC. And by the way, there's a couple people, maybe you're praying about going to UNCC and you want to be involved in this. And this vision is grabbing you. I want to encourage you pray about that. Pay attention to that. Only 4% 
of college, university students. And so I want to, this part, I'm going to try not to cry through this, but I want to read you some realities. Harvard University was founded in 1636 by the Puritans for one express purpose. And I want to read their purpose statement. This was their original purpose statement. To be plainly instructed and consider well that the main end of your life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ. That was Harvard University. By the way, that was also Princeton, Yale, Dartmouth, and uh, am I saying that right? Dartmouth and Cambridge. Can you see how far we've drifted? All these universities were founded to equip students with a Christian worldview. Princeton University, which I lived in New Jersey and actually grew up in New Jersey, we used to go there all the time. It's a beautiful campus. So is Harvard, by the way. I've actually led worship at Harvard a couple times in their college ministry. But the Princeton pledge was this. We hold ourselves willing and desirous to do the Lord's work wherever he may call us, even if it be in foreign lands. There was a mission purpose at these Ivy League, some of the considered the best universities on the planet that you could possibly attend were founded on the word of God. We need to get back to this. Billy Graham said, if a group of students gave themselves totally to Christ and began living for Christ, no matter what the cost, you can change a generation. That's Billy Graham. By the way, Billy Graham, right here in this city. Right here in this, his local church is right in Uptown Charlotte. You can actually go, it's called Grace Covenant, I think, or something like that. Is, am I right about that? And I'm going to cash in on the fact that that happened in this city and say, I want to see that happen right here at this church. Let the work of Billy Graham not die. Let it not be in vain. Let's, let's keep the legacy going. But if you don't see anything, you don't have God's view. If you don't see the need, you don't have God's view. And, and, and I wonder how many people here this morning even, you know, oftentimes in church, and I find myself in this place, so I'm not waving a finger at anybody. Like, man, I'm hungry. What are we, what are we having for lunch? And if Jesus were here, I think he'd try to get us like he did with the disciples. Like, hey, do, do, do you not see the need? Can, can you step out of what, what is holding your mind captive and, and let me hold your mind captive for just a minute and say there's a need? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot see. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I'm going to camp out on this for a minute. Because the temporal is binding up our minds and distracting the church in America. I find it that we're living constantly for right now and not kingdom first in our thinking. And it's distracting us and it's ripping us. It's ripping any joy in us. It's ripping it out because it's all about survival. I want to say this church, we're not supposed to be surviving. We're supposed to be thriving. And I'm not saying that just because it's cliche. We are not supposed to be in survival mode as the church. You go, well, how do I snap out of that? Kingdom first is how you snap out of that. How do I snap out of this thing that I'm feeling day to day? And I know there's people that are here that have felt anxiety this month. I know it. The Lord showed it to me even on the way in. 
I've been interceding for you. You've got to get kingdom principles in order. If there's anything you can do at the close of this year, say, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not living for right now. I'm not living for this earth. I'm living for eternity. It's about kingdom. And it will change everything and you will be filled with such joy. Your purpose, you will start, oh my Lord. Because everything that we should be doing right now, and I get it, we all need to make money. We all need to have jobs. It's easy to say, well, you're the pastor. I mean, this is what you focus on. But guys, listen, all the full-time ministers are everybody in this room, not me. Not me. I've got a certificate on the wall. So what? It'll burn one day like everything else. So what? That I'm an ordained minister. You're ordained too. God has ordained you for such a time as this. I w- Let's go ahead and have an ordain- ordination service right now. I ordain you in Jesus' name. Go out and spread the word of Jesus Christ. My prayer today is that you'll get your eyes off of the temporal things. Get your eyes off of your struggle this morning. Yes, I'm yelling. I'm passionate. My prayer is that you'll be moved to compassion when you start to look at the heart of Jesus and the needs that are around us. Here's what I want to do this morning. I said this, that repentance is not a bad word. It's a good word. What do we do? What's our action plan? How do, we, how do we activate this in our lives? If you've been in a situation where you felt less than and you felt like you've been failing, you need to ask yourself, am I doing this in my strength and do I have my priorities straight? I don't care who you are. I'm preaching to me this morning because the Lord has been dealing with me about the fact that you are thinking about day to day, you're thinking about right now, and I want you to get your mind on things above. I want you to understand that bringing people into my kingdom is what you were created for, not that job, not not even pastor in this church. I was created for his kingdom, which the church is a part of his kingdom, but I'm just saying, I could get stuck in, in a job too, in ministry. I've seen many pastors do it. You can lose yourself if you're not getting close to Jesus and experiencing, we've got to marinate in his presence and let him show us. Holy Spirit will speak if we ask him to. So let's all stand to our feet this morning. I just want to ask you to just close your eyes right where you're at and say this out loud. Repeat this with me. Say, Lord, give me your vision. Convict me with your heart. I want to see what you see. I want to feel what you feel. Now, I invite you, Lord, to use me. Not here I am, but here am I. Use me. I'm here for your purpose. I'm here for your glory. This is all for you. Here's what I want you to do right now. Just ask the Lord to show you maybe two people this week that you could reach out to that you know are struggling. Maybe you're the one who's struggling and you're here and you've been looking at your situations. But I want to encourage you, put that on hold. And who do you know that's struggling that you could reach out to this week? And watch what God does with your need when you reach out to somebody else's. That's our homework assignment, guys. We could have everybody come up. We could pray over everybody. And listen, if you need prayer this morning, we're here for you. We, we, we believe in that. I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody's needs, but I'm saying, man, let's get a higher view. Pull yourself up. That's a word for somebody. We need a higher view. 
And when you gain that higher view, the joy of the Lord is going to come in like a flood. It's going to come in like a flood. Lord, we invite you to come and use us, to come and do something through us. We invite you to do that this morning. We ask you to put people in our path that we could reach for your kingdom purposes, your glory. Yeah, Father, we just welcome you in Jesus' name. If you believe that, we just shout amen this morning. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.